Welcome to the Right to Reason podcast. I'm your host, Robert Stanley. Today, Luke Larson will argue that holographic theory defends the existence of God. Ben Fama Jr. is seeking the truth, but he won't back down to bullshit. It's the Right to Reason podcast. I've turned the chairs. I've looked on the tables. I try to find the key. To 50 million fables, they call me the seeker. I've been searching low and high. I won't get to give what I'm after till the day I episode of the Right to Reason podcast is brought to you by our patrons and contributors like me. We have all recognized the value of the unrestrained marketplace of ideas and have decided to make a difference. You can make a difference too. Contribute at patreon.com forward slash right and learn more about your right to reason at the right to reason.com. Your activism is appreciated. friend Luke Larson and Ben Fama Jr. Gentlemen, how are you? What's up, man? Thanks for having us again. Everybody, yeah, uh, back. absolutely, absolutely. Everybody should already know this, but check out Reasons to Believe and a Virus Called Fear. That's on Ben Fama Jr. That's the name of the channel, right? Ben Fama Jr.? Yeah, on YouTube or BenFamaJr.com, or you can just go to Amazon, type in Reasons to Believe, or my name, and you can find all my films there. So, Yeah, there's other films also. I know those two are badass and I want to direct everybody to Ben Fama's podcast. What's the name of that podcast? What's it about, sir? It just came out. Is that correct? Yeah, it's the Ben Fama Jr. Show. We air every Tuesday, 4 p.m. Uh, Pacific Standard Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You can find it on my YouTube channel, and uh, or you can go to BenFamaJr.com. I got all the links and stuff there. We talk about psychology. We talk about politics, culture. Uh, we just do interviews. It's a pretty laid-back show. It's kind of like... You know, an interview talk show, but I'm trying to not just do politics all the time, too. I'm trying to actually make it a little bit more broader. So uh, I've been really enjoying it. So that's awesome. That's awesome. I, yeah, I'm glad you're back, man. I remember uh, I used to watch Reality Trip with Ben Fama all the time. So that's yeah. cool. But that one was more that was more like politics. Whereas yeah, this, one, and this will still be it, but it just won't be as much. Like I'm trying to broaden it a little bit, you know, to have it like a more appeal to more just diverse stuff of what I like, you know, talking to musicians, talking to like, you oh, know, cool. other filmmakers, you know, just just to all bright. I'm not, I'm gonna bring you on too at some point, Robert. And we're gonna have a yeah. have a really cool conversation. So yeah, we always get so down. check That's that great. out. Luke, we're ignoring you, man. You want to you want to yeah. kick us <laughs> off, Luke? You don't you don't have anything to plug, do you? No, no, I got um, nothing new. Everything that Ben was just talking about, guys, you will find in the show notes today, Luke. You're here to prove to Ben that God exists. Is that correct, sir? Yes, that it's more reasonable to be a theist than atheist. More reasonable. Okay. Okay. So you're not you're not going to say, per se, that you have like solid evidence or something like that, but you do have uh, reasonable arguments that would say he probably should be a Christian or at least a theist. Well, yeah, because when it comes down to things, no one's a hundred percent sure about anything really. So you go based on reason. You look at the evidence and you look at. Where does things lean, right? No one's 100% a theist or atheist. If you say that, then you're not really honest with yourself. So that's kind of my stance. Is like, okay, like, follow uh, the evidence. Where should you go? Ben, doesn't that sound kind of like that uh, street epistemology kind of thing where you get, them, you get them at, like, what percent are you at? And then you try to make them question one thing, and then you ask them the percent again. And then if it came down at all, you're like, there, you're a little less of a Christian now. Like, that's... Uh, 
Yeah. Sounds like I a mean, reverse. It's kind of funny because when I when I hear people say, you know, like, well, no one's 100% atheist or no one's 100% theist. I'm like, well, but we're if we're going to use that same logic, we could say the same thing about, well, I can't 100% not prove that there's unicorns or I can't 100%, you know, prove there's leprechaun. Like, it, it really doesn't help, like, the conversation in the end because there's lots of things we don't know if we can actually prove that could exist somewhere even on another planet right now. I mean, so um, I understand the logic in the argument, but I also think you know, like for me, I'm, I'm highly, highly, highly confident that there isn't at least a God to what has been written in books or been mentioned if there, if there even is one, or I don't even see a need to even have one. So, but I'm interested in the conversation. I'd like to hear what Luke, uh, you know, he's got to say about it. So, yeah, well, I mean, like that's the same kind of thing with me where, yeah. Okay. For all intents and purposes, I, I'm believe there's a God, right. And the Christian God, but I always like, like to learn other people's perspectives because it keeps it interesting and you can see and actually kind of relate with them. Like, okay, you know, I get where you're coming from and uh, we can continue different conversations, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. So what do you got, Luke? Why, why should Ben believe you? <laughs> well, actually, something recently that I've been looking into a lot more is uh, like argument from consciousness, right? And the idea, like, I'm big into like looking into philosophy as well. And... I found some interesting things. Do you know what the holographic uh, principle is? This one's I, in physics. I, I, I've heard of it, but I don't think I'm 100% familiar. You can let me know what it is. Yeah, I never heard yeah, of that one uh, either. Basically, uh, the, the premise is that everything like doesn't start and is contingent on time and space. Really, those things are emergent properties of something else, like a, kind of a two-dimensional information, really. Yeah. Yeah, um, it, it's been getting a little bit more widespread in the physics com physics community, but they the basically they started off with looking at black holes and trying to solve that uh, the information loss problem, right? If yeah. you've heard of that one. Yeah, yeah, I think I actually know what theory you're talking about. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, and so as I've been looking through this, it's it's been super interesting seeing how, like, it just coincides with my theistic beliefs on. Okay, like before there was space and time, it's not like there was nothingness. There was information. There was a mind. There was something there. And the more I look into it and the more consequences it has on our universe and with like quantum entanglement and things like that, it just – it's been super interesting. Uh, how much do you think you'd say you know about it, like if we start talking about it? Um, I'm actually familiar with it. I wouldn't say that I'm a scientist where I can break down every single, you know – Thing about it, but I'm definitely I'm familiar with. That. I think there was a guy who can't remember his name. I remember watching a show where he was he was trying to elaborate on uh, Stephen Hawking's uh, theory, and he he broke it down more and talking about that. Uh, my understanding is that there's a a plane or something of existence that's mm -hmm. projecting everything from a certain point, kind of like a projection. Yeah, yeah, like a hologram, right? Yeah, yeah. So I, I've heard of the theory and. Um, so what's your thoughts and what you think it's connected to how it uh, pertains to God? Because I would still, even in that argument, even say, even if that was a, a true case, that I still don't see a, a need for a God. But go ahead and give me your, your take on that. Yeah, and, yeah. and, and, uh, and before you do, uh, Luke, could, can you explain it for me? Because I don't, I don't get it. Yeah, okay. So um, basically, you know how in physics, lots of times they don't, like, they'll make a hypothetical world and then they'll put a theory on there and see how that theory explains the world. No, but go ahead. No, okay. Um, yeah, so there's some problems in, uh, in physics where they're like, oh, we cannot describe these things in the world. In the well, universe. yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you there. I'm just saying, like, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm not familiar with 
physics doing that, but that's cool. Um, I'm just wondering, like, what's the hologram thing and how does it connect? Yeah, yeah. So the hologram uh, premise uh, is that the world is not fundamentally made from space and time. There's something before that, right? Space and time emerge from this thing. Like space and time were created, that idea. And what they're saying was that was even before then was simply information, like zeros and ones. So if you look at this information from that, you would be able to make any 3D object. Okay, so like uh, in a black hole, you know how if I threw a hat into a black hole, it would be completely ripped apart, right? Okay. And it'd be gone. The idea is that on the uh, event horizon, which is like the face of the mm. black hole, there's information on there, 2D information, where if I could take that out from the black hole, I could recreate that hat, right? So the information is not lost. Like I can recreate anything I throw into a black hole. So it's like energy? Well, it's, I mean, to elaborate too, it is, uh, it's basically what Stephen, Haw I think it was Stephen Hawkins originally was hypothesizing, saying that information cannot be lost in the universe at all. Mm -hmm. So if a black hole destroys, you know, sucks in light, sucks in all this information or whatever, the information can't be destroyed. So where is the information? So basically the hypothesis, and I'm not an expert at this by any means, so please forgive me. Um, but Leonard Susskind was the one who had, who yeah. actually, so I would say look him up more to get a better understanding of it. But basically that information on the edge of a black hole um, since it can't be destroyed it, or something about it is being projected and what we're seeing is the three-dimensional version of the 2d information that's on uh, this informational plane now it still needs to be proven these are our hypothesis and, yes, I, and I, yeah. so I get it but uh, it is an interesting concept uh, so the question I have for you is is that where do you think that actually connects to God because even in that instance I I don't think that actually proves an intelligent mind at all. Oh, yeah, no, and that's like what laying down the groundwork here I'm laying down that even in fit like like physics and people that spend are spending their lives on it I I'm able to show you like like you can follow a step to see wow Hey, there is a space where like this uh, idea of no space or no time like in the Bible it says God created that well, now, like, it's actually reasonable, right? I'm, what I'm trying to do here is take claims of Christianity or really any uh, theistic belief and say, hey, it's not irrational, right? So I'm going to be starting off just making it so we can all say, you know what, hey, that's not totally crazy. You're not insane by saying God or something created space and time. Yeah, but how are you going to get, get there? And we got, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll respect going your way, brother, but we got 30 minutes, so. Okay, yeah. Let's hit, right, I'll, I'll... hit Ben with all you got. Yes. <laughs> okay, so now that we've started off understanding that space and time are not uh, necessary for the universe, I think we should, as agnostics, they go from an agnostic point saying, hey, they, I don't believe that there is a God or there is not, so let's look at all the evidence given. I think through um, just how we operate, how we talk about we have free will and things like that, through just what would have started creating space and time, like even if we had the information, what caused it to explode into what we have now, and three, the resurrection of Jesus Christ, that a theistic um, worldview is much more reasonable to believe in than an atheistic one. But, um, so help me understand this then, what makes it more plausible? I mean, how do you, how, where's the evidence to support that God would have actually had to even start any of this, and how did he start it? Yeah, so with the idea of why is it plausible, or like I would say more reasonable, right? Because I think, I'd say it makes sense where 
if you have information, let's say for eternity, there's been this eternity past, there's been information just sitting there. What caused it to be blown out into some 3D world universe that we have now? Because there's there's nothing, there's no move, there's no space, there's no moving of anything. It's just information. So right. what would have caused that to explode? So that's in, the question I'm asking you is, is that how do you explain God doing that? How did he do that? Well, and, okay, wh so, and why uh, did he do it? Yes. Okay. So if we go on, on how God does things, I'm going to have to say, I don't know how God operates from eternity past without prior things. Right? Like, no, like, if God, like, if there was a being out there who created everything, it, it means that he's all powerful. Like, I, I don't think we have to get into this. I think it's, you've looked into the philosophy of religion and philosophy of God. Like, mm -hmm. it, it, it's contingent that he is all powerful, all knowing, all, like these kinds of things, right? Like, do we have to get into this? Um, not necessarily, but I guess the question is, if you don't, if we don't actually know how he actually created it, why do you have confidence that he's the one that created it? Because I think that's where it stops for me is saying, okay, well, he had to have a plan of action. There had to have been a blueprint. There had to have been a reason why he did what he did. Nothing adds up to any of the reasons, even if he was the one that created it. Because usually when I ask people, okay, well, how did he create it? They, they don't know any more than what I would know in general. And if there's things outside of space and time that can create uh, entire universes, well, why does it require a God when we don't even... What, why do you have the confidence in something that you don't know? Well, okay, so... If we're saying that, like, okay, how did these things come about? Well, if we're talking about the information, like, before space and time, there's information. What do you think that information is? Like, the whole holographic principle is the idea that all these things were already there, like, already existent before space and time. It's just in the form of information. Right. And if, so it, that's it, already, how maybe, like, if that's, it already existed, then why couldn't it have already just existed with it as an information instead of it being God starting it? Well, because the idea, like, so... I believe that like, God is a mind, so like information. He is simply information that can act, like that it, it rearranges things and all that. If there is no mind, if it's just uh, mindless information, it doesn't choose to do anything. It can't choose to create itself. It can't uh, to move itself into some three D universe. Something made it happen. If like if I have a ball that's just sitting there and no one pushes it and no one does anything, there's no wind, no nothing. It's not going to start moving unless that ball was conscious and it started, it figured out a way to work around things, right? And utilize something. Like, do you what see if, where I'm coming from? What, like something that is, what if, what that if, has no life in it. What if Luke was asking to be it a this mind way. to do it? Because there's many things in this universe that move without a mind making yeah, no, it happen. But back then, there's no space or time. There's no physical bodies. Right. Okay. So if if there's no space and time, then that means God couldn't even be moving. Because well, no, God doesn't move. He, he's a. It's a mind. Like you. Like right. this is what I'm saying. There's no physical body. Like I'm not saying. But I'm just saying any change of state, any change of state would create time. That means he went from one state to a different state. Correct. He there was no universe, and then there was. Mm -hmm. So. What was he doing before that state? Was he just hovering in space and time? Was he coming up with thoughts? Did he say anytime there's any change of a state, a change of a molecule, yeah. a change of quantum, that changes and that is time. So there had to have been time even outside if God exists. Yeah, well, if you uh, look into this theory more, lots of things like when they throw away space and time, like specifically on time, they're throwing away our concept of time since it's so tied to space, right? Because, you know, space, time. Uh, are one in like this is what we talk about in our universe, right? But 
when you start looking into these kinds of things, it talks about there there could be some there there could be this different form of time back then. Like you said, like once someone does something, there's time now because there's a before and there was an after, right? Correct. So when they come up with like when they've been coming up with this uh, theory, they they do accept that there is some form of time. It's just not the same as what we have now. It's not the same kind of time, and which is also in the Bible. The Bible even says like he says he created space, he created all these things, but he also says that there is time where he is. It's just different. It works differently than here. How is it like? How is it different, and how do you measure it? So how do you know that? Well, okay, then if we want, like, we'd have to get more into the this holographic theory because um this is getting a lot into physics and like you've said I'm also not a physicist so if we want we can go we'll meet up again and we can get really in depth with how they've come up with this other time and how it works but so far what I'm saying is according to these physicists the, the experts in their field it aligns with what also the Bible says and works with a th- very well with a theistic point of view specifically Christian theism Unfortunately, it actually doesn't because there's nothing in the Bible that even talks about physics in that matter. In fact, there, everything is backwards. There's, you know, certain things are made before other things, you know. Uh, oh, well, if you're talking about Genesis, that's completely different. I've taken Hebrew and I, I've read Genesis 1 and 2. So let me ask you this. So let me ask you this question, too, because I don't see yeah. any, any evidence at all that supports that there needs to be a, uh, a creator in order for any of these movements or these things to actually be manifesting or, or going. So the question is, is why would... God need to start a universe when he could totally make it fully formed, right? Like he could have just had it pop into existence, right? He's all powerful. Why would he need to wait billions of years before even having a human existing? Okay. Well, like, okay, well, uh, do a few points here. One, whether, no matter why he did it or, and this kind of thing doesn't affect whether he's there or not, but like, I'll, I'll get, I'll go into it anyways. He could have done it for the sake of, you know, we're not the only things in creation, right? Like in, in the Bible and like, I guess when we talk about it, we always assume that we're the pinnacle of creation, right? Like we're the kind of the center of the universe. We're the reason God made everything. But why, like, why do we say that? Because it like, says that we're made in his image. We are. Yeah, no, we're, we're made in his image, but he made other things. And I'm feeling like he wasn't totally neutral to making other things. Like when I do things, I find enjoyment in creating. And like I, I'm, I'm an electrician right now. I, I enjoy working and doing this and that. And like there's, you get enjoyment from different things, right? So why, why not take a billion years? Why not enjoy his quote unquote time? Like I, I don't see how that's bad. Like it makes sense. If I was creating something, I would want to take my time. Especially but you're putting, things. you're putting a theory of mind into God, assuming that's what his thought purposes, but you don't know that you're putting, you're a human... asking me, well, you asked me to give, right. But, I'm, but I'm, what I'm saying, what's happening here is that you're putting a theory of mind to God. Now you're saying with no evidence, not even in the Bible saying, Oh, well, he made this out of creation because he enjoyed it. How, we don't know any well, of he, Well, actually in the Bible, it does talk about how good, like it says, this was good. This was good. This was good. But it, from an engineering standpoint, it's one yeah. of the worst methods there can possibly be to, to make that much time and space okay, for a planet like Earth. I mean, humans can't inhabit 95% of... What is the purpose of the rest of the universe? It all... Okay, so it's all interconnected in the way... You know quantum entanglement? Yes. Like, all electrons are quantumly entangled, but the the reason why you don't see weird crap happening on Earth where it's like, if I 
hits something, something else will be hit in the exact same way, is because the theory is that they're so far apart, you will never, never see them, right? So maybe he created it so large so that when I touch something, something beside me doesn't go flying, right? Instead, something from across the universe does the exact same thing. But he didn't have to create it that way. He didn't have well, to have all this time and space. He's God. He can create it any way he wants. He wouldn't need to have to have it quantum entanglement going for millions of billions. It's like creating a new – it's like creating the Empire State Building for an anthill. You don't have to do that if you're God. We have to do it because of the laws of physics, yeah. and we understand it. But he doesn't need to make the universe – it's a complete engineering nightmare what he did. Wait, why is it – okay, well, first of all, yeah, so I think you mentioned this, but quantum entanglement is actually necessary for the universe. Like, it's not an optional thing. It needed – it needs to be there, and that's one of the – like, when you look into these theories and stuff, like, that's one of the first things is that quantum entanglement needs to be there. Did God need it to be there? Well, if you wanted to make this universe, yeah, it needs to be there. Like, what? But wait, wait, no, wait, but God is all-powerful. He can make yeah. it any way he wants. He doesn't need quantum entanglement. But if you don't include quantum entanglement, everything else would be completely different. Because he still follows – like there are certain – like like it, I cannot make something – like you get the idea. Like I can't make something that's square in a circle. Wait, wait, Maybe, wait, wait. Is he God or is he not? Who, so does he follow a set of rules? Does God have a, a set of rules he has to follow? Well, the, like things that like – yeah, like the, the rules of logic come – like I'd say the, the things that are set, like these rules that God quote-unquote follows, it comes from God. Right. Well, like okay, if he's wait. a mind, there must setting, still be laws. Let, I'm of just logic. trying to understand this, Luke. Hold on. Yeah. He's making his own rules to follow his own rules, but he can make any rules he wants. No, he's not making rules to follow his own rules. There are rules that are there, like that are intrinsic in himself. Like for a mind, you can't like uh, you can't break uh, the rules of logic and reason, right? Like I can't. But he's God. He could do whatever he wants. No, okay. Now you're in. Now you're kind of confusing. So when we say uh, omnipotence. Like the all powerfulness, that is all powerful to do the things that are logically possible to do. Like he can do all possible things. If there's something that's impossible, he can't do it because it's impossible. Why it is, is it impossible? Who's, who, what is making it impossible? What is holding that logical frame together? What is well, that structure making it impossible? Something had to make it impossible. If it's not, if God can't do what's impossible, then there's something beyond God that's making it impossible. And what no. created that? No, okay, so now you're, there's, there's a mistake that happens often when conversation. It's not a bad one. It just, it just happens because we don't talk about it much, right? Um, but, like, when I say something is impossible, I kind of have a little contingency on it. Basically, it's impossible unless I have this thing. Like, it's impossible for me to break this wall unless I have a hammer or something that can break through it. But that's totally indif different from when we talk about impossible for something to God to do, like something that is completely impossible. Right, like it is impossible to uh, for some something to be a and not a at the same time, like that is just impossible no matter what power you have. Why? Why? Well, if something is a, how could it be not a? It doesn't but, make sense. It, it, but it only makes sense in our universe if it's no, God no, and He's that, outside that, that of the universe. Well, that one was like. But what is creating the framework that doesn't allow A to be B or vice versa? Something oh, no, no, no. he's A God. To B, he can A to be A. A cannot be A and not A. Like, but it if it's is my impression is God is all powerful. He can make the rules however he wants. Because to me, I don't believe you're a God if you don't have 100% complete control over every single thing out there. I mean, what's the purpose of saying he's a god? Because all I would need to do is figure out how to break those rules, and then what? I'm more but powerful than God. But you can't break the rules. Like, the, okay, so like, if but you're I'm talking not about, god. 
So when he creates the universe, right? He like he creates everything in it and everything that works in it, and like you know, he's omniscient, so he knows all things because he's created all of it. Like this, all this physical stuff we see, he's created all of it. Like what we've said, the physical things weren't there before. Even physicists accept that. And so, if that's true, if he created all these physical things, it's impossible for you to do something in the physical world that he can't do, and it's impossible for him to not be able to do something in the physical world because he created the physical world. So there's limits to what God can do, is what you're saying. Logical limits, yes. Why? I, and I think that's, that one's widely accepted. That one's not just me. That one's uh, that, that one's kind of. This I, old I think you're the first person I've ever heard say that there's limits to what God can do. Well, no, it's the same thing of saying, uh, can God make a boulder too heavy for him to lift? That doesn't make sense. But if it's God, it doesn't matter. He could create a system where it does make sense. It doesn't no, need to make sense to us. Works. That's no, okay, okay. Yeah, so there are things that don't make sense to us, that, but that make sense to them because he's on a different kind of level. Like, he's not in the physical world. He's somewhere else. So, like, the, the idea of a trinity doesn't make sense to me. Like, I get some imagery from it. I kind of understand some things. But, like, unless I'm on the same plane as he is, I can't understand it. Just like, okay, so if you were two-dimensional and you could see squares, you could not see a cube. But once you get to a different level, when you can see three-dimensionally, you can understand a cube. So that's the same kind of thing with the Trinity. Like, like that kind of stuff. Okay, if, I, if I'm where he is, I'll be able to understand it better. But I'm stuck on this plane right now in this physical, spatial world, universe. So I can't understand it yet. Hey, uh, but there are other things where it's like, no, no matter where you are, hey, no Luke. matter who you are, it just doesn't make sense to Luke. be able to do this. It's impossible. Luke, speaking of, speaking of uh, physical things, can you stop yeah. tapping the desk? Oh, sorry. It's yeah. cool. It's just for the audio purposes. But anyway, don't let me interrupt, please. So here's the thing. Uh, I mean, like I said, you're the first person to say that there's limits to what God can do, which in my mind, I always always thought God was completely can do whatever he could have created the universe however he wanted to to me there's there's parts of this universe we will never ever 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 see or yeah. be a part of that have nothing to do with us as human beings it, it and, does slightly with like what we've talked about like it's actually but, interconnected kind of thing but not really though i mean it doesn't affect us to, maybe to a certain degree it does yeah. but it doesn't to a creational standpoint and waiting b millions of billions and billions of years what was god doing for billions of years just sitting there enjoying his 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 universe did we not just talk about the difference in time like we like god is not in, it's not like he's just in the physical universe like oh yeah okay the idea is that he permeates all through it but like he's outside of it he's in that thing that we've talked about where the time is different the physicists have said that it's different where where that area that uh sphere of being is like that's different right so, so maybe for him it wasn't billions purposes? of years is that what the universe is is it entertainment for him like what is the purpose of the universe oh okay well so now we're moving away from like is God plausible now or and or reasonable to now like why would he do these things? And then and I like Well, you need to have the why in order to understand if it's even reasonable because to me it doesn't even sound reasonable. The the mental gymnastics you had to explain to me just to explain these very simple concepts. I didn't there's no gymnastics. I use the physics and just say God started it. But even if God started it, he did yeah. a very terrible job as an engineer. We have to create medicines to fix his problems. We have serious, like an asteroid could come and destroy this entire planet out of nowhere. I mean, there's so many things that would cause human death. We can't even go to half the places, and it's all just for us to 
go to a church and worship his son that we don't even know if he ever existed. That's, that's a huge mental gymnastics. You have to, I mean, think about everything you just said right now in this podcast, you had to jump through so many hoops just to answer that question. What makes more sense to you? Like for me, I could tell you what makes sense to me. The universe is just information and energy that has been constantly been changing and adapting. And what survived is what has survived. Evolution doesn't know where it's going to end up. And at the most basic molecular level, the ones that came together, the ones that fought and, and destroyed the other ones were the ones that kept going on. And it finally led to a point where we as human beings have developed the cognitive abilities to be able to understand we are groups of cells, we are groups of neurons, we are groups of molecules that have to feed off of other energy in order to survive. It's a survival mechanism that's got us here. And what's more likely that it's all these mental gymnastics where it's art and entertainment and then it's the universe, or that we as human beings have told stories for thousands of years about a lot of gods because we didn't understand how the universe worked. The universe doesn't have a meaning or a purpose. It makes way more sense that the universe has no meaning and no purpose to it. It just evolves into what works. That's why stars die and are born and are brought back together again. There is no purpose to the actual universe. That scares a lot of people, so they create stories. Bro, I'm a filmmaker, bro. I know stories. I know what's the Star Wars, Harry Potter. We've been telling stories for thousands of years. We tell kids childhood stories. That's how we've learned. Mm -hmm. What's more plausible, honestly? Okay, well, like, and I and I get where you're coming from, and I know what you're saying, but it it seems it's a little bit weird to me. Like, first of all, you I think whenever I talk to someone, uh, usually like an atheist, um, you always throw in evolution. Evolution is how we got here. Well, evolution isn't how we got here. Evolution was like, yeah, on this for us as humans when we were on there with the biology, yeah, we evolved. We evolved into, into humans, but like evolution happened on Earth. There's a lot of things that happened before that. And you're talking about the, all these gymnastics I went through. I used the exact same physics as you, and all I said was God started it because how could information start itself? And you didn't answer that. And so I've given a reasonable answer to it. But one thing I wanted but to you talk didn't, about, just you didn't so we're on the same page, answer. what do you mean by, like, what do we mean by reasonable? No, 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 wait a minute, Luke. You keep saying you gave a reasonable answer. You didn't. You couldn't answer it. How did he start the information? No, he didn't start the information. He was the information. So it's okay to already have the, so what started God? And no, th so this is the difference. I'm not fighting that something couldn't already be existing. I'm fighting that if that thing that it was already existing wasn't conscious, it couldn't change into something completely different. Why For example, not? our universe. Why not? Because there's nothing um, that move. Like it's weird to say move because there's no space in that place. But like you know what I'm saying. There's nothing that caused it. To, it can't be self-causing if it's not conscious. Why? It's not, it's why? Why does it have to be conscious? Give me the evidence that something has to be conscious in order for it to 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 be created. Well, not to be no, not to be created, but to to change, to do something with itself. But there's things in this universe that do do that without consciousness, right? Rocks well, no, no, change, you, planets change, stars explode. All started from one big thing, right? So it's like these things are moving because something first pushed it. Like that, yeah, even the what makes it conscious, that, like, Luke? That's what I'm trying to get at. Why does it have to be consciousness? Give me the connection to consciousness and moving material matter. Not material matter. Like, okay, yeah, so. Even before the material matter, something changed this immaterial matter. How? What changes in material matter? How did it happen? Give me the specifics. I want the blueprint of how that happened. I'm going to give you the only logical way, unless you can give me a logical way it happens. Like The idea is we're both, we should be, both come from an agnostic points, and we both give our own burden of proof. My proof is that there is nothing that just causes itself to change 
unless something first pushed it, unless that thing had ability to think and act upon itself. But you haven't demonstrated why that first cause needs to come from a conscious mind. Well, because – well, and just what the way we have ever seen reality, something – like there has to be a cause to it, right? Like uh, when I think I'm, I'm going to move my hand, it's because some neurons fired in my brain and those – like – and then you keep going back. Okay, what made me do that? Are, like, are you determinist or are you deterministic or are you more libertarian on how things happen? Like, where do you come from? I don't know. I actually don't know my position on that when it comes to the definitions of it. Like, determinist, where they're, I don't believe in free will. Yeah. Um, I, I'm pretty determinist on a lot of stuff. Yeah. I, there are some questions I still have of whether that's true or not. So I can't give you an, a, a definitive answer, but for the most part, I am in de de determinism because every action creates a reaction and it true. doesn't require a conscious mind in order to do that because there's things we do and there's things that happen in the universe that don't qu require consciousness for it to actually happen. Well, no, but that's because there was an action before that. You get that. You said every so, action is a reaction. So there was this action and all of a sudden it just, the action was, I'm going to make a program and it's just going to self replicate itself into its own existence. So he basically started at the beginning with his computer program, basically put it in existence and let it run itself. Is that what you're saying? Well, I think he inter intervenes in it. But yeah, even, the though, idea even though he could have fully made it fully formed program, when I when I make a computer graphics program, if I do anything with a game, I could have fully formed the computer program straight out the gate. I didn't need to wait for billions of years or anything else like that. I, he could have fully formed it. So why didn't he fully form it? Okay, so Because now, in the Bible, he... He did. In the Bible, he says, oh, God created man, and it was fully formed. So, But we have evidence to support that it's not how man evolved. So why didn't he make it fully formed? Okay, so now uh, I'll touch on the um, both of them. One with the thing in the uh, Genesis 1 and Genesis 2, it's super poetic. Like, if you read the Hebrew, it sounds beautiful. Like, it's good, right? But, but you know it's not being... It's not trying to be a science textbook because in chapter one and chapter two, they say it differently. In the first one, they put humans as the like they put it, humans as the pinnacle, right? They're, they're trying to say there's an order, like God, like importance of things. Humans are the top. Like this is the the pinnacle of God's creation. So it's making a point. It's not trying to say this is how things actually happen. It's just in poetry, you do that. You don't know it's you're not always trying to make like sense. You're just trying to get across like a certain meaning, right? It doesn't have to be true. It's just you're getting cross meaning. We got, when, uh, we got like five minutes left. You guys want to oh, yeah. just do like um, your your final points and I guess the final up? question I have with that, it, maybe you can just answer this briefly. It seems weird that a, a that a creation that could do all the scientific stuff, including making an entire universe, which yeah. if you ever do three D graphics, you can realize how simple iterations can come from simplicity that don't require a mind to do. Honestly. Um, it just seems interesting that he knows all these physics, he knows all this geometry, he knows all this like trigonometry, whatever, but then wanted to write a book of poetry for us to understand it. That just seems absurd to me. Like, and, and the chances are that a fictional book that was written thousands of years ago, and, and we've, we, we as human beings have been writing stories for thousands and thousands of years, okay? And we still write stories like Star Wars and Harry Potter. It's the same journey of the hero story that that is what's true, but not that th the energy of the universe has always existed and that it has transformed itself after billions and billions and billions of years. Evolution is the most probable reason of how we got to where we're at, and there's no requirement for a God in any of that explanation anywhere. All right, and uh, I, I totally love being on this podcast with you and talking to you. I think it's it's been a great conversation. But uh, again, I just think it's it's important to reiterate that one. I think it's really realistic that God would have wrote it in poetry. If you look 
at who God is through the biblical narrative, he's an interesting guy. It's not like he's going to be telling people thousands of years ago that quantum entanglement and this and that are how it happens. No one's going to understand. He goes, he's going to speak on to their level like he's always done and will always do. As people learn more, he shows more. But now I also want to focus on the fact that I have given a reason to and an explanation of how my worldview might work. And I know we didn't have much time, but I didn't get the chance to hear how in an atheistic worldview that it makes sense that in a place where there's no space, no time, no physical objects, no nothing, that the, this information could have changed itself into a 3D dimensional universe with material space and time in a different form without any consciousness. And you've talked about evolution, but that really makes no sense at all because evolution has nothing to do with the start of the universe. And I know it makes perfect sense. The entire universe is one big evolution. It's all information that's constantly changing and adapting. It's a feedback loop that makes way more sense. Think about it. Think about what I'm saying here. The entire universe from the beginning of anything, actually the information's always been there, but it's always yeah. evolved because it has to move. It's in space and time, right? So it's not in space and like um, before it's not in space and time. So it doesn't have to move. That's my whole point. It's not move. Like forget about space and time. Like the space isn't there. There's, it's not moving but, it's not but like we live in a space one. and time continuum and the now reality is, is yeah but, but the reality the is, is if the information but you're asking the question what i'm trying to make clear here is if the information was always there and it was changing it can change universes who could said pop it was changing who said it was changing the it beginning? has to change why that's the only thing that that is consistent in the universe is change everything nothing stays in, still in our universe nothing. yes even a the ball sitting universe. there is not staying still it's it, we're moving through space and time constantly molecules are constantly changing that's my nothing whole point stays space still. and time now it wasn't there before and that's going to be the hardest thing for us humans to understand but the physicists are trying to do it through math and all that. There wasn't space and time before. It's not like these things were just moving. There was but no movement. You're saying there's a God that lives outside of space and time. He can beat all these laws of physics, but you believe that, but don't have any explanation for what that is, how it was, and what it happened. But you can't say particles or energy can't live, can't be without space and time and change into information. That doesn't make but, any sense. No, it that makes they, zero sense. No, the physicists say there's no... Like, I don't know what you mean, I don't make any sense. Like, I'm just, I'm talking about what the physicists... You said that there's a specialized whatever space and time, uh, some special time that you have no evidence for, first off. You have no well, mathematics actually, no, actually, for they're, they're, um, that God lives in, and you believe in that, yet you even told me, and you can go back in the podcast and listen, you don't have the evidence of how it happened, but, you, but that same thing of energy or information outside of space and time that is constantly there and changing and moving. It could have created multiple universes. There could be other universes that do exist out there that we don't know about as well. well but I think it's important to say I'm, I'm not making this stuff. It's not like I just came up with it last night. I'm just saying what the physicists are coming up with. So it's not like it's my ideas. I'm, I'm telling you what I've read and what I've looked into and how it fits with my worldview. And so like, it's not some crazy thing. I'm just saying what the physicists said. Yeah, the particles weren't there before. There was something before, before that. And even if you don't look at the holographic universe theory, other theories even say that the particles weren't there. They're made up of one-dimensional rings or whatever. Like, like there's, there's a lot of theories that uh, we should look into together. We can have a podcast just on that. But I think but the difference between me and you, Luke, is that you have to actually come up with the evidence to support what it is that your theory is, and yours lacks even more evidence than mine does. Why don't you're, you need to come up with evidence? Because you're making. I do. I'm basing off of what we know about evidence. You're coming up with hypotheses that fit your worldview. You're saying, I oh, a conscious mind it, needs to be. That's what the physicist said. 
No, you're saying your conscious, the conscious mind has to be. You're putting a, okay, that one's philosophy. That one's different. But you're so, putting an absolute that you don't have any. You have zero evidence that a conscious mind has to create or make or move anything. You have no evidence that a conscious mind is the only possibility that that can make something move in the universe or create something. There's no evidence to support your argument. And if it well, is, give me the best. You have one minute right now to give me your best evidence for how a conscious mind can actually do that. Well, I I know what you're saying. Yeah, I I've made some statements like the conscious mind and I put a little bit behind it but I didn't do it justice nearly enough for you to believe me and I get that and I know you have to leave a minute I'm not going to answer in a minute but I think we should have another podcast where we dive into this because this one's more philosophy than physics I can like I would love to get into the philosophy with you but I'm not going to do it in a minute that wouldn't do it justice I mean that's fair enough that's fair enough but I've really enjoyed talking to you I, I love where you come from and what's going on well if thanks for talking to me I appreciate it Luke yeah I mean Thank you, gentlemen, for coming on today. Everybody can find Reasons to Believe in a Virus Called Fear and the Ben Fama Show uh, on the Ben Fama Jr. YouTube channel and at, what's the website? Uh, BenFamaJr.com. Luke, thanks again, brother. Yeah, thanks for having me on, Robert. Hopefully I see you again soon. Thank you to Luke and Ben. Thank you to Dave Blair at DaveBlairMusic.com. Thank you to Feedspot.com for promoting the right to reason to the top 10 atheist podcasts. Thank you to our patrons, Jason Parker, Freethinker215, Alan Marks, Philip Spawn, Bernard Lamborell, Enema Man, Larry Wilson, and our top supporter, Rob Montgomery. You can support this broadcast at Patreon.com forward slash right and learn more at the right to reason.com. Next week, we're talking to author Edward Steller about his new book, national lottery that examines the evils of religion and the distractions of politics through a story of the vulnerability of the human condition between now and then remember that you have the right to reason hey.